Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Steve Yates, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Steve, the uh, CCP has just held its 20th Party Congress, where Xi Jinping um, has taken over uh, absolute power, as they call it. What exactly does this mean to uh, those of us who may not f follow China so closely? Well, for one, uh, there weren't that many new things that came out of the Congress, just acceleration of trends. And for those who have been following what Xi Jinping has done in his first two terms, what this was was a consolidation of that movement, that group of personnel, the freezing out of dissenting or other uh, competitive factions. And so it wasn't as if before this Congress, Xi Jinping was playing nice at home. There was still a genocide against the Uyghurs. There was still a crushing of Hong Kong. There was still a threatening of Taiwan. And there were still wolf warriors against the United States before all of this. But what this did was it was an effective coronation. And then the public humiliation of Hu Jintao being escorted out in front of the thousands sitting there stoically uh, was just icing on the cake to show this uh, man, Xi Jinping, is essentially a one-man ruler at this point. You mentioned Hu Jintao. That was a very interest, interesting spectacle to watch. The former chairman, uh, Xi's predecessor, being wheeled out, very unusual. Um, there's been a lot of speculation as to why. What do you think? Well, first, I just uh, assume I will never know the truth. Uh, but what we do know is how it has been communicated by the people on the stage at the time. Uh, their body language and that interactions actually said a lot. Uh, here's Hu Jintao, who served two five-year terms as top communist leader. Many of the people, if not all of the people on that dais, worked for him for that time. If he had some health issue and he was just sort of ailing in some way, they would have turned and patted him on the arm, acknowledged him as he walked by. But if you looked at the face of most of those guys, say like Tiger Yang, Yang Jiechi, he sat there as if he had witnessed an execution, just dead straight on looking out at the audience as if nothing was happening around him because it's, it was like they, they feared if they reacted, they could be next. Uh, so the body language spoke volumes that this was a power move. And the fact that they said it was a health issue and there's been no explanation of the health issue, that there was a lot of speculation about this marginalizing of him, that he might have been prepared to vote against the leader list or what have you, and the top leadership with total control of their state media has never corrected that narrative. So I think we're left only to assume that this was a power move by Xi Jinping uh, and a humiliation of Hu Jintao, which, uh, frankly, I've never seen in all of my years watching Chinese politics. Yeah, really fascinating to watch. Um, Steve, so this CCTV, the CCP's uh, mouthpiece media outlet, um, has just come out and said that Xi Jinping wants to essentially uh, extend an olive branch to the United States and work in what they say is each country's mutual interest. What does that actually look like to the CCP? Well, I think it's just the Communist Party leadership playing clever. They've done a good job of playing clever with the United States and other powers for a long time. Pay no attention to our genocide. Pay no attention to our stealing your intellectual property. Pay no attention to our modernizing military that is threatening you and your friends. But hey, while all that's going on and you're not looking, 
why don't we go ahead and make some business? And hey, don't put impose sanctions on us the way you did Russia. Pay no attention to our support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, let's get back to what we did for so long, so well together, give us money in China. Uh, and so that to me is, is what that is a kind of a teaser for. Uh, the leaders are supposed to meet at a G20 meeting upcoming in Indonesia. I don't know whether that is actually going to happen uh, as planned, but this is sort of atmospherics if, if I'm reading it correctly before Xi Jinping for rare, rare occurrence in recent years will leave China and go to another country and meet face to face with other leaders. Steve Yates, really appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Many corporations have come out this year and said they will cover their employees' out-of-state abortion costs. This comes after the overturning of Roe versus Wade and numerous states reimposing restrictions on abortion. To discuss corporations' move on abortion, we spoke to senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom, Jeremy Tedesco. Jeremy Tedesco, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Yeah, my pleasure, thanks for having me. Jeremy, we're seeing major corporations starting to sponsor and pay for expenses related to abortion. Uh, beside the fact that abortion has been left to the states to decide, are these corporations doing this out of the goodness of their heart or uh, might there be other reasons at play? No, I, I mean, I think it's very sad that abortions are rushing to pay the, to end the lives of uh, women on their staff who have unborn children on the way. And you know, they really should be looking for opportunities to help those mothers welcome these children into the world. Um, and in many instances, they're just you know caving to political pressure from outside groups um, to make a political statement by adopting these policies. They're certainly not acting out of the goodness of their hearts. I mean, there's also the financial benefit. If you look at it for the company, they don't have to pay for uh, parental leave, um, less dependence on the insurance policy. Um, now, I guess to your point there, what are some of the other things that corporations could be, due to, uh, be doing to embracing uh, motherhood? Well, I mean, first of all, it's pretty disturbing that corporations would value you know, saving a dollar or you know, saving a buck over uh, a child's life. And you know, in these instances, uh, there's also many studies out there that have shown that there are incredible benefits to employers if they help women come alongside those women and help them bring these unborn child into the world. And so uh, women wanna be both moms and professionals and studies show they can be very successful being both. And actually there's a benefit to the workplace if workplaces come along and help them to do that. You know, Some of the pressures that these corporations are under really just come from activist groups and activist shareholders that are demanding that they take a political stand uh, rather than take an assessment of their business's interests, their true interests and the interests of their own employees. Uh, many women are, if they just had a little bit of help, they would make the choice um, to bring their unborn baby into the world. Um, and it's really very disturbing to see these corporations try to incentivize ending that life. Now we're seeing recently that uh, the Pentagon will be doing the same uh, funding of abortion related expenses for members of the military. Um, do you think this is going to drive more people to the voting booth, specifically among Christians and, and pro-life voters who now see that their taxes are being spent to actually aid abortion? 
Well, I think there's certainly a good chance of that. There's there's many people in the conservative evangelical uh, communities who care a lot about the pro-life issue and, and vote based on those interests. But I think the corporations and even the federal government, but especially the corporations, they're, they're really ignoring the fact that this is a contentious issue. Um, they have people in their workforce, they have uh, customers, they have shareholders who have very, very diverse views about the abortion issue. And for them to choose one like narrow political path for this uh, issue and how to handle it really is a bad business choice. They're alienating their own workforce. They're alienating their customers. Uh, they're alienating their own shareholders. And if for the, from a long-term perspective, it's not smart for businesses to do that. They should be trying to understand the diverse opinions reflected throughout their organizations and act in a way that's consistent with those, or at least respects everybody's beliefs inside and outside the organization. Now, is there any positive news on this front, uh, companies that are embracing motherhood, and, and what does that actually mean in practice? Sure. We saw Buffer Insurance down in Texas. We saw Peter Rex, the CEO of Rex Corporation, come out uh, with articles and, and policies, actual policy pro provisions um, that supported adoption and provided benefits for moms who wanted to choose life. So there's definitely clearly a path that businesses can take where they can honor life and they can take actions and adopt policies that encourage moms to welcome their unborn child into the world. And you know, corporations need to see that there are these alternatives out there. There's actions and policies they can, can take if they want to be pro-life or even if they just want to um, offer another alternative uh, to their workforce rather than just listening to this kind of one-sided conversation from activist shareholders and other and government regulators who are trying to push them down the path of taking a very narrow political position on the issue of abortion. Jeremy Tedesco, really appreciate you joining us. Thanks very much. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.